There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh, my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh, baby. There's a mistake and a throw. Puck by Bridget. Shoregord, it is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I am co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, streaking down the wing, hollering for the puck, looking to get off for a quick shift. Here we go now. It's co-host Randy. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty good. Yeah, just chip chip the puck into the neutral zone. I'll dump it in. We'll go for a quick change, eh? <laughs> That's the way to get her done. <laughs> Uh, roll four lines, if you will, uh, yeah. if you got them, right? So Even if we got a two-on-one, let's just dump it into the corner. Get the, get per- the boys going. <laughs> perfected the art of the soft dump. Yeah, um, right into the corner. Goalie comes out and plays it. Gets us caught off guard. Uh, odd man rush the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Our goalie will bail us out. Yeah, he's fine. That's how we do it on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Uh, this is Season 3, Episode 17, or as we like to call it, the Ridley, uh, a.k.a. Mike Ridley, local legend uh, to Manitoba. He's a he's a Winnipeg product, that guy is. Um, an underrated number 17. He played, you probably remember him from the Washington Capitals. That's where he spent the majority of his career. But he did start his NHL career uh, as an undrafted free agent with uh he started with the New York Rangers and that would have been, uh, 1985, 86 was his first season. And as a rookie scored 65 points in 80 games for an undrafted guy, pretty good. Um, spent a season and a half in New York before he was dealt to Washington and then, uh, finished his career with stops in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, Mike Ridley, uh, you may not, you know realize or whatever but that guy was a scoring star like he played 866 games randy uh 758 career points that's regular season playoffs he added another 104 games and 78 points and yeah like he he had uh in the nhl he had 40 a 40 goal season just once but he was always in the 20s and 30s kind of range and uh, nine nine seasons with 20 goals or more yeah yeah that ain't easy to do and uh you know he was probably one of those guys that like was kind of told y'all you'll never make it and that was why he was never drafted um and then like so he was a junior star though so much so that they have named the scoring trophy after him for the manitoba junior league uh for the for the leading scorer of the mjhl you win the mike ridley trophy and the reason being is in 1983, Rids, as I call him, he put up a staggering 191 points in 48 games played. 91 goals, Randy. 
I'd like to see some of that, uh, some of the highlights. It's just like, oh, and Mike Ridley scores again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the guys on the other team's bench are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get it, Mike. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> oh man. They Can just made, they, they they made the award like like that day. It's like, yeah, okay, Mike, here you go. Now here's bugger, your trophy. Now bugger <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, go join the NHL or something, Mike. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I, I wild. wonder if he was if he was like that, you know, uh adult who was like hanging out with high school kids, you know, and he was just like really good. <laughs> but I don't know. I, you gotta you gotta he's probably legit and you know yeah. probably all good, but that's that's crazy. 91, 91 goals, hundred assists, one ninety-one in forty-eight games. Yeah, pretty wild. Crazy. And, and and those teams he played for in the NHL for the Capitals in the sort of late eighties, early nineties. Um, I don't think that those were like very good teams, but they had some good players. Like I I, I want to say like uh maybe Peter Bondra played on some of those teams. Like was he around at that time? Like that guy could score. Had great hair too. Um, well, yeah, and you got to think too. Like, uh, so if you look at uh, Mike Ridley, his best year for Washington, actually, he was the top scorer in 88 89 for the Capitals. You had also had Jeff Cortnell, Ben oh, yeah. Gustinson, Scott Stevens, Dave Christian, yeah. uh, Dale Hunter, Mike Gartner. There's a classic. Gartner, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vintage hockey hair, probably legend. Oh, absolutely. Another vintage hockey hair guy uh, that he played with on the Capitals, Ally Afraidy. Key of the yeah. famous Scullet. And probably uh Rod Langway. And actually, as I look down this list, um, you're you're you know, I don't know if we want to tease it right now, but you're putting putting that list together of, of classic hockey names. That's right. Yeah, and I, I wanna I think we should add Dino Cicerelli to that list. Oh, I'm putting it on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it on right now. Uh so We've got a great show for you today on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I'd like to tell you about a few other honorable mention number 17s, but first I just want to let you know that coming up, we've got a super special guest. for uh, It's uh, Sportsnet's own Ken Reed uh, will be joining us, and uh, we really look forward to talking to him. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, that uh, interview will be coming up shortly, so just make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but let's just uh, a few... A few honorable mentions of number 17s. I'm going to start with a couple guys that you say, yeah, for sure. For sure, Gord. Uh, you got your Yeri Currys. Hey, Hall of Famer there. Uh, how about a little Ilya Kovalchuk? That guy could score. Uh, I, I think he was even playing in the NHL last year with Montreal, maybe, and then got traded to Washington at the deadline and didn't get a contract this year, and I don't think he's playing anywhere. Maybe no, he's in, he's KHL yeah, right now, and KHL is, is uh, approaching their. Uh, I think the Gagarin Cup, Gagarin Cup, or something. That's okay. Yeah, finals. Actually, we should talk. We should do a little Russian correspondence next episode because great it's idea. Been a while, and Nigel Dawes has ripped up the KHL and and tossed it out into the garbage can. <laughs> Great idea. We'll check in with our KHL correspondent, Comrade Frickus, next episode. Uh, other honorable mention number 17s, the mustachioed man uh, from Toronto, the captain, Wendell Clark. I realize he also played for a couple other teams, but he, he's pretty much always a leaf, that guy. And, uh, you know, um, I think he's a guy that even if you hated the Leafs, you could love Wendell Clark. He was such a fun 
player to watch. He played with so much vim and vigor, if you will. Um, and uh, another famous 17 current coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, Roddy Brindamore. That guy famously wore number 17 and kind of played with a lot of heart and soul as well. So there's a few famous 17s. Now here's, here's where the, like the trivia kicks in for the 17s. Uh, we all know, so when we did number 15s, uh, remember we discovered that Maurice the Rocket Richard, famously number nine, that he wore 15 for a little while. Yeah. It's the same with 17 when you're talking Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe. We all know he's number nine. That's the number that Gordie Howe is associated with. But he actually, for his first season and a half, two seasons, wore 17. Uh, and I did not know that. So that's a, a pretty either. fun fact, I think. Um, Likely but, the most famous number 17, even though he only wore it for uh, exactly, yeah, right? a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another guy who you don't associate with the number 17 from, from way back in the day is a, a fellow they called Le Gros Bill, a.k.a. Jean Beliveau. That guy wore number four, but rookie season... They gave him 17. I think back in the old days, 17 or something in the high teens, that was probably like nowadays you see like Logan Stanley of the Jets wearing number 64, right? Yeah. That's like your training camp number. Yeah. Here you go, rookie. Wear this stupid number 17 <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Just a <laughs> random two numbers put together. Here you go, kid. <laughs> well, and yeah, back then, I guess uh, jersey numbers were hard to come by. And, you know, 17 yeah. was the, yeah. the, the freak. Single digits were preferable, I suppose. That's right. Yeah, so. pretty much everyone was was number one to, you know, nine, and then yeah. 10, 11, 12. <clears throat> yeah. We, so we, you know, you could go down the whole list of 17s. There's a lot of them. There's a 17 that just became in the news today or yesterday. Uh, Brandon Dubinsky uh, tweeted out a, a Crosby diss, I guess. If they were rappers, you know, it'd be like a diss track. He's, uh, well, I think, I think Doobie was on a podcast or something. Oh, and then, okay. and then someone heard the podcast and then he took to social media to, to back up his claims. And, uh, right. he just was throwing Sid the kid, you know, into the, into the mud with some of these comments. He's yeah. saying that Ovi was better. And, you know, <laughs> I guess, uh, apples and oranges. But if, yeah. if I'm, if I'm going to go for a Stanley Cup, I think I'm going to take number 87. I'm not sure. For about sure. You. Yeah, I think uh, I uh, I would take Sid, you know, all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. Uh, but that's you know nothing wrong with Ovi. I I've I've enjoyed watching Ovechkin's uh, career, watching him score goals. He does it like no other. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny though. Uh, old Dubinsky comes off a little sour there, but <laughs> and one last number seventeen, Adam Lowry. We just got to throw him in there. Uh, current yeah current yeah. winnipeg jet heart yeah. and soul guy yeah maybe a lot of heart and soul guys were 17 it's like a heart and soul number yeah it anyway is. uh looks like our guest is here let's uh let's get into that interview okay thanks for joining us ken uh wonderful to have you here thanks so much uh how are you doing today we're good boys we're good plus two sun's out wicked yeah <laughs> getting pucks deep theoretically speaking of absolutely. course absolutely all the time all the time that's all we do we get pucks deep play our game all 60 <laughs> uh, as a nova scotian 
just curious, do you have an all-time favorite Nova Scotia hockey player? Yeah, well, I guess I got, I, I'll give you a oh, top three or four because I, I go through different eras, right? So yeah, when I was a kid, I was a huge Mike McPhee fan because I grew up oh, a yeah. huge Montreal Canadiens fan. Yeah. Even though Canadians fans probably wouldn't understand that given well, Twitter this week. But so, uh, yeah, so Mike, I'll give you a quick little, Mike McPhee, uh, Paul McLean was big because he was from Managanish, Al McGinnis, uh, mm. and uh, I, I'll throw Sid in there, uh, Nate in there, and uh, let's go honorable mention since you're from Toronto, David Bryan, former Florida Panther. There David you go. Brown, and, Lyle, yeah. and Lyle Carter. From Lyle the Carter Seals. Sports Shop. That was there like my go to place as a kid on Inglis Place there. Absolutely. To buy ball gloves and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Very nice. Um, yeah. Like you're a Picto County guy. There, It's almost like. Cole Harbor's the new New Glasgow. Like there was in the '90s or whatever, there was like a handful of guys who came from New Glasgow and Pictou County. Your yeah. your John Sims and yeah. uh, geez, I forgot about Simmer and Whitey and Walser. I should have put them on there. My brother Colin played White. With, yeah, my brother played with them uh, right through AAA Midget till they all left for the queue. So yeah, we had. I so I watched John and Colin and Derek since they were in Pee Wee and watched them grow as players, and. It, it was awesome. And I, and I always said to my brother, I said, There's a couple of these guys are going to go pro. Now I didn't envision them both winning cups, <laughs> John and Colin both winning cups so early in their careers, but mm-hmm. that was so cool. And, and some of the biggest thrills of my broadcasting career were going in post game, you know, in Calgary or, or Edmonton, wherever it was and interviewing Colin or John or Joey, Joey, who came along too. Joey McDonald came along as a goaltender. Yeah, and I was, I was lucky enough to be working in Edmonton when he made his, NHL debut his first start for the wings and it was a hockey night game and I was the reporter that morning and it was it was pretty cool uh we were both kind of laughing kind of going do you believe this I'm like well (laughs) I can believe I'm here as a reporter loser but this is really cool because you're in the NHL yeah yeah that's amazing yeah so you know I don't know if it's changed but in the 80s and 90s as a kid in Nova Scotia you basically cheered for one of three teams Montreal, Toronto or Boston. So yeah. you you were a Montreal fan I guess. Right? I was a Montreal guy. And there's a lot of Oilers fans around then too, right? Cuz yeah. not a lot, not a lot, but that was yeah. I guess the fourth. But yeah, it was Montreal, Toronto or Boston and I was Montreal all the way, you know? Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so speaking of your books here, uh, hockey card stories and 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 uh, Hockey score, hockey card stories too. I've just dropped everything on the floor here, but uh, that's all right. Um, <laughs> Randy, I think you've got some uh, pretty specific questions. Why don't we dip into? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, so uh, Ken, uh, I, yeah. I blasted through both your books this week. I gotta say, oh, uh, enjoyable reads. You mentioned in the first book how um, you you were collecting cards like pr- prior to the the boom. I guess you could yeah. call the boom of ninety one, ninety two in that era. So when when that boom happened, what what like what was your perspective like? Were you kind of like how I am with bands, where it's like with punk bands, where it's like I I was with the I was into these guys yeah. before they were popular, yeah. and you, yeah. for you was, was cool. it the same kind of way with with hockey cards? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was like being a a hip fan before the hip got big and stuff like that. Yeah. So basically the same thing. And I thought it was great as a kid. It was awesome because I was kind of on the wave as the wave was coming in. Right. Everybody else is getting on their board, trying to catch that wave. And I'm already on it. I'm Spicoli, right? Like I'm on the big wave and I'm riding it in and everybody else is trying to get on that wave. So it was awesome. So by the time the boom hit in like 90 or 91, I, had a lot of doubles so I sold my doubles and then just bought more cards like any kid would right it was fun as fun as old heck 
And uh, this boom now that's happening too, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like if, if country music came back, but I was still playing country for the last few years and now it's back and it's popular again. Um, so it's interesting to see it come back again as hard as it's come back. But yeah, as a kid, it was fantastic because um, I was 15 years old, 16 years old, selling cards at huge shows in, in Halifax. And, you know, my name was in the little dealer program. I thought I was the big wheel. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> So, and then um, like, sorry, Tom, so like nope, with, ahead, with, with the spike or with like the boom back then, you know, prior to that you had like your tops and your Opeachy and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you had like upper deck and, mm -hmm. and score and pinnacle and pro set and all that stuff. So like, wh where did those uh, brands or, or hockey cards, where did they come from? Like, did they oh, just try well, and, did you just like, they just tried to get on, got, get on the buzz of things as well, or. Well, I mean, for pro sports, it, when upper deck came along for hockey, for baseball, it opened the eyes to all these other leagues of just how much money you could make off licensing product and licensing cards for both the PA and the, the league. So Upper Deck got in on that. And I mean, Flair and Dunross tried to get in on baseball for years and they finally broke through in 81. And, and then when the boom came, I mean, as the, the NHL and the PA, I mean, it's, it's free money, right? Yeah, I'll take your money. You want to put my picture and put it on a card. And it became a contentious issue because so much money was being made from the card companies. Uh, I think it's might be what you see now with Top Shot coming along, right? It's working so well for the NBA. I think other pro leagues are probably going to jump on board with that. So these companies started up. I mean, Upper Deck, it, it was a it was a card shop in uh, in Orange County, California, out by where the uh, by the Angels played, and they wanted to make a better card because you know uh, Dunross rookies of Mattingly had been counterfeit, and cards have been counterfeited over the years. And this guy thought I I, I should make a better card, and he had a guy from his from a print shop just come into his shop one day and they kind of hit it off and and that was the beginning of upper deck and there's all kinds of card companies out there now and it, it was wild for i mean as a as a hockey fan in 1990 i could choose from a pack of opg tops upper deck score or pro set and then they would all branch out and opg would make opg and opg premiere and then top started making stadium club and Process started making Parkers, like the, the possibilities, they seemed endless back then. Mm -hmm. So do you have a favorite set of cards from your collecting days? Yeah. Uh, and uh, sort of a two-part question. Did you have a local card store, like a hobby shop or whatever yeah. that you would hit up all the time? Yeah, I guess my favorite sets of all time would be 71, 72 OPG, 79, 80 OPG. I got and 84, 85, I like a lot, 83, 84. And yeah, when I was a kid, I, it was funny. My brother and I were thinking of actually renting space when we were really young and opening a card store. And then this guy opened a card store in New Glasgow. It was called Moose River Sports Corner. His name was Lauren McLean. He's still a buddy of mine. I haven't seen him in a while, but I was in Lauren's shop all the time in New Glasgow. And then I think he relocated. And then uh, there was a shop in Picto called Netminder's Goalie Emporium. Uh, owned by my buddy Sandy Mackay, who's still a good buddy of mine, and Brian, the late Brian Freeman. And they, so they sold hockey cards, heat and goalie equipment, and it yeah. was also an arcade. So I worked there. <laughs> I sold, I sold heat and goalie equipment and hockey cards. It was awesome. That was my grade 12 year and people would come in with cards. I'd buy them, flip them over for the shop. It was, it was a wicked gig for a kid. I worked usually yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. It was, it was a blast. It was, no it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's pretty amazing.
So yeah, yeah I, I remember I remember selling the first fiberglass mask in Pictou County. You know, like the kind you see goalies wear all the time. Right. And around that time, they started to come out for for regular goalies. And believe it or not, the retail price on it I remember was twelve hundred bucks in nineteen ninety one or ninety two, which is a lot wow. of money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, Ken, great reads. I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't put the books down. And a couple of the things that I loved from from both of the books, um, one is all the WHA and Slapshot references. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, there's just so much of a like a, I don't know, like a connection between. Obviously, uh, Slapshot was written based off of things that happened in the WHA. So just kind of hearing the perspectives in there, and then like some of the guys' looks back then. Also, the fact that you mentioned uh, Winnipeg legend Joe Daly, uh, there's a, sec- a chapter about him, but also you mentioned the fact that he had a card shop here. Um, he still does, actually, and it was just cool to read. But I, I had a, I made a couple selections of, of two of my favorite chapters uh, from book number one is, uh, is Bill Armstrong. And the, what yeah. I learned about Bill is the fact that he was the first guy to do the scoop uh, goal. Um, yeah. And uh, that came up on Tim and friends the other night. I gave some bill, some props oh, really? the 25th oh, right anniversary of the Michigan goal. So I, That's I mentioned right, yeah. Bill, I mentioned Bill at the end of the show and I texted him before I said, buddy, I'm going to bring up the fact that you invented the lacrosse goal tonight because he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So I was glad <laughs> that was in the book too. Yeah, that was great to see. And so then I did a deep dive down YouTube and then I found this video where he's demonstrating that goal and it's like, cut to a montage of that song how bizarre like from the 90s yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's quite awesome but like again like you only hear you, you call it you hear it like the michigan or lacrosse goal and it was all based on when mike leg did it so it was very cool to, to um that you brought him up and you, he kind of got the recognition for that and the second guy that i came across that i thought was super interesting in book number two and i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name correctly but it's is it todd hartchie uh, yeah, Todd Hartchie, yeah. Yeah, from, so he, uh, he, yeah, was the, was cool he was the first North American trained player to play in the Soviet League. Mm-hmm. And what I thought huh. was really cool about it was, I remember actually having that card and in your book, how it says uh, the, the photo was taken in Moncton, but it, the, the stands actually looked very similar to what the Winnipeg Arena used to look like with all yeah. the yellow walls and stuff like that. Um, but what I thought was super interesting about that was um, uh, Mike Smith, the GM at the time for the Winnipeg Jets, convinced Todd to go over and play in the Soviet league. And he had this really crazy connection to, to, I guess, Russian language. And around yeah. that time, uh, I just remember, like, I was thinking like, I, cause I would have been like 11 or 12 at that time. And um, the jets were just full of Russians at that time. Sergey Bouton, Igor Ulanov, uh, Alexei Zamnov, Habi Bulin, uh, Davidoff. It's like, I, I was always wondering why there were so many Russians. And obviously that had something to do with it. It was Mike Smith's connection to the country. So it was yeah. very cool to learn that from, from, uh, from that. And actually, again, I did a deep dive on Todd and he, there's a clip of him on David Letterman, uh, talking about his experience over there. So that was very cool. Like, and how, so like, how did you find that story? Well, uh, yeah. So, so Todd's card always stood out to me cause I love the photo, right? It's, uh, this taken from this downward angle and it was just a really cool photo. And yeah, I always thought it was uh, Winnipeg as well. So basically to, to call up a guy like Todd, I mean, I, I love the photo on the card and I, you know, I, I looked at the back and I, I did a little search on Todd and I found out about the Russian connection. I thought that's pretty cool. So I'll start with, uh, with the card and go for there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a reporter at heart. So I tracked down his number, gave him a call and just asked if he had 20 minutes to talk about the card. And yeah, sure. No problem. So we just start talking about the card and then, you know, that he told me where the photo was taken, how it was taken that leads to his hockey journey. And I mean, 
he's, he's an awesome story. Harvard, Harvard guy ends up in Russia. Um, he actually wrote a book on his whole experience in Russia as well. So, I mean, yeah, for me, I just start with the picture of the card that I, I find interesting. And then I, I call the guys up. We, we always start with the card and the beautiful thing is, you know, a, a picture can take you anywhere. So <laughs> Yeah. They ask, they answer a question and that might spark another question in my head and, and away we go. So that's, that's how I came across Todd's story. It was no, no big deep research or anything. I just liked the card and wanted to know about the picture on the card. And that's, that's where that story began. Yeah. So, so Ken, with your books and then the videos that you've done for Sportsnet on YouTube and stuff like that, um, you kind of break things down into categories, you know, airbrush jobs which was probably one of my favorites like gotta love those old opici opici uh, oh yeah airbrush beautiful jobs, stuff. Man, like just pop, beautiful. pop quality art yeah yeah beautiful. and and my my personal favorite like uh category of card is the no helmet warm-up oh, yeah. um big yeah. fan of those ones absolutely and yeah. uh so so i guess um sort of a two-part question again but like do you have a favorite uh sort of you know uh, category of of cards that you've yeah. explored and uh is there are there any categories that you haven't yet explored that you'd maybe kind of have been thinking about or would like to get into it's funny because when i when i did the first book they wanted a chap they wanted it in chapters and i kind of didn't really want to and that's i kind of had to come up with the chapter name so i'm like okay rookies airbrush you know pretty yeah. obvious so, I mean, I like the cards that talk about guys' style. It, you know, it was in style at the time, I think. It was the style at the time is one of the chapters in one of the books, which is yeah. kind of like what I'm wearing now, right? It's a little funky. <laughs> I got the turtleneck going. I don't care. I love the 70s. So when this turtleneck look came back, I don't know, three You're years all ago, over it. You, when you Elliot saw Davies, Elliot yeah. wearing the turtleneck yeah. on Hockey Night in Canada right. recently. <laughs> right. I'm all over it, right? So, I'm, I, so my our stylist, Deb Berman, I ran into her the other day. I said, more turtlenecks. <laughs> so I, I like that. I like when you look at a card, you you know exactly what era it's from. Like Joe Daly with a permanent, right? Joe's got perm yeah. on his card. Joe was actually the first guy I called for my first book because I, I knew I'd been in his card store before and I knew that he would know about the card. And then, you know, that got me off on the right foot. And, then, and I found out that everybody knew about their cards. So like a, a family friend, Kevin Morrison, great WHA card. Kevin was one of the best defensemen in the WHA uh he's got a big perm on his card and, and if you know kevin he doesn't have curly hair so it's a great launching point so uh, kelly rudy is one of the most stylish guys going on his 86 87 opg he's got a headband he's got a perm so i mean yeah. to me those are launching points so if, if if a card stands out and there's something to, to jump off of like an airbrush or a, a mustache or a weird yeah. haircut or a guy getting punched in the head that that's a start so <laughs> So that, I mean, I like, I like the, the cards that you don't have to dig too far to go, okay, where am I going to start this conversation? Like if you look it at just a card jumps and you go, at you. right. So it's like all of us, we look at a card and we're, we go, what is up with the airbrush on this Mike Krusalniski? Like that, that is some quality paper crayon work. So you call Mike and he, great storyteller. And he fills you in on, on not only the coloring job, but his version of the story of being traded with Gretzky to LA. So yeah. Cards, cards with easy launching points, I think, are the, the ones that are going to make my book. And, and it's true because those were the ones that stood out to me all through yeah. the years. So yeah. it, it wasn't hard to come up with the cards to, to look into. 
it, it was great to see the Cooper alls get some love and yeah, also yes, also exactly. the uh Cooper or uh the XL7 helmet. Oh, the XL7, yeah. the helmet of the future. Yeah. So when you see an XL7, <laughs> you see a Cooper all, it takes a guy like my vintage back to a certain place and you know, I, like as a kid who loved the XL7, not a lot of guys wore one. And I'm, I said to Mark Napier, why'd you wear one? He goes, because I had a giant head. It's the only thing that fit my head. So, <laughs> it's you know, it's What's funny just, for that's easy. What's funny for me is like, I always remember seeing the XL7 with the cage. So sure. seeing that, that picture, um, cause you know, kids I grew up with had the XL7 and we all had cages back then. So yeah. actually seeing it without the cage, I, that was new to me. So pretty cool yeah. to see. Dave McElwain sent me a picture the other night. It's him in an XL7 with the visor on. So that's like, that's even more rare. The XL7 new look. visor. Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. So I wish he had a card from Junior when, with his XL7 visor on. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, so Ken, we've got a little uh, game we play on the show sometimes. We play a couple games hockey card related. One is hockey card war, but it's kind of hard to do virtually. Uh, yeah. And that's how we record our show these days. What with the yeah. pandemic and all. The all other right. is, is something we call uh, five card draw. Okay. And, and this is like you take five cards of a theme or you uh, five cards randomly, but uh, so what I've what I've got here, I've got five cards on a theme, and I I won't tell you the theme. I want to see how I'll, I'll reveal them one by one. And basically, okay, what sure. we do is we just riff on the cards. Sure. And that's the segment. <laughs> but, that uh, sounds fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. So so riffing on the cards, and I'll just see how how many cards does it take you to maybe catch this theme or whatever. Sure. So okay. I'm gonna lead with uh, this is an upper deck 9192 uh, Louis DeBrusque. Yeah, okay. It's probably color commentators from Sportsnet or Sportsnet Broadcasting. <laughs> Go! He's Boom. on it. One, baby. One. Yeah, I can't Love fool it. this guy. <laughs> no. One. But yeah, yeah. Louis. Nice. Louis was... See, Louis was a stylish guy, too. Like, if you got him without his bucket on back in the day, he had some yeah. flow going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was... And, and uh, he's a big, big dude. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, he was definitely a fear... Like, I, I love... Uh, I love the upper decks this series with the the 75th anniversary of yeah. NHL. To me, yeah. that's the best year of hockey hair. Like every when they that have was a the good, yeah, crest. right. Because the mullets were just in oh. the 70, and, and yeah, and Louis is such a good color commentator, and like all top guys, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Like that's yeah. one one thing I've so enjoyed about meeting guys over the years. All the kids you were just scared, all the guys you were scared of as a kid are the nicest guys on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So the next guy, Gary, already yeah. got the theme. Yeah, Gary Galley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is the old handshake line with the whale there. He's, it exactly. looks like they lost that series, right? Just based on his look, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what? Know I meant to Google actually what uh, you know what the result of that series was. I never actually did, so I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it looks like it must have been a big long game because Gary yeah, looks he, pretty, pretty he's tired. tired there. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's ready to shake. See that shake would it. make that would make a great hard to uh to ask about because that photo tells you something right we're already curious yeah. about that photo right like so that's the kind of card i would be curious about. yeah yeah because it's like what you, you look at it and you're like what is the story there and What's as a kid you mind, make up yeah. the story in your head because exactly you know, exactly google wasn't around or whatever exactly so. and that, that was the other thing cool about doing the books is these cards i did have stories in my head like this bobby smith 83 84 his, his hands like this and i thought he's standing for the anthem that's right. Yeah. As a kid, and that, and that was ingrained in my head. And I eventually talking about the car, he's like, no, I had a pair of shoulder pads. I hate it. And everybody had to pull them down like that. He goes, why do you think the woman behind me in the picture, he's up against glasses and standing up? And I thought, you're a smart man. <laughs> never never thought of that. Yeah. You're smarter than I am. 
Okay, so the next one I got, this is a Topps uh, 1990. Yeah. Greg Millen. And look when at the I pads see, on yeah, that those are guy. Oh, yeah. Pads. Those were yeah. the pads full of air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. And when I see Millsy on Chicago, all I picture is him going up and down the bench after Mike Keenan pulled him patting guys on, on the rear. That's what I think of. And I actually did a game with Millsy in Chicago. And we went in the back door of the arena, and this, and Millsy's such an engaging guy. The security guard at the arena, he's so excited to see Greg. He's been a security guard there since Greg played for Chicago. So this is going on 25 years, and he's still pumped to see Greg in that 30 years. That's how nice of a guy Greg is, you know, just <laughs> he makes connections with people. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so the next one I've got here is the aforementioned Kelly Rudy. However, mm -hmm. this one, is I believe he must have just got traded to the Kings because right. his he doesn't have the uh, helmet painted yet. Yeah, and that's his Islanders gear. That's his that's Islanders like setup too. Yeah. Those are Islanders pads and blockers. Yeah, good yeah. observation. So yeah, um, yeah, that's true. White Jofa, the the Archer's Urbe. Kelly was Archer's Urbe yeah. before Archer's Urbe was. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I just I like you say like Kelly Rudy was always a favorite. So uh, stylish that yeah. hair, the bandana. Yeah. Wonderful and man. Even these yeah. days, you know, on Hockey Night in Canada, he's always looking so good. Oh um, yeah, a wonderful guy. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's the joy. That's what's so weird about being in this studio and having this gig is the guys whose cards I collected. I, you know, yeah, I, not, they know my name now. It's weird, you know. Yeah, like it must be pretty surreal, I guess. Yeah, eh? it still is. Yeah, but yeah. I, and I like to keep that. You know, I, I feel like I belong. I know I belong, but I still like to keep that kind of childlike, wow, this is cool, because that yeah. makes you want to come to work every day. Well, for sure, eh? Yeah. And so the, the last one is uh, Simmer, Craig Simmer. Simpson. And so, that's a beautiful, Oh yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the uh, no bucket warm up right that's there. That's no bucket warm up, yeah. Good yeah. flow, uh, handsome man. My cousin, my cousin Jan had a crush on Simmer when she was 16. <laughs> my mom, who is a super kind person, somehow got through the Edmonton Oilers PR and in the mail arrived an 8x10 for my cousin Jan, signed from Craig Simpson, and Jan thinks it's hilarious that I work with Craig Simpson now. <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a beauty. And I was just saying to Randy before you came on, uh, after, you know, going through my cards and looking up things, I was remembering about Beckett, the price guide, mm -hmm. and I, I I did a quick Google last night about this card, and it's in pretty good condition. I have no idea, but the, uh, the site I was on told me this thing might be worth about eighteen dollars. So yeah, the site you're on is full of crap because that's <laughs> not even his rookie card. Yeah, don't believe everything you see on the internet. That's not. I advice. guess I guess the whole, there's the, the whole set might be worth eighteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty nine ninety OPG are not in short supply. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not an $18 card. Maybe in PSA 10. <laughs> I don't know, but not, not the way you yeah. got it. So, Ken, well, that, the, that, uh, that uh, DeBrusque card actually reminded me of, like, the 91-92 set. And in, in your second book here, you've got that uh, chapter about Troy Millette where he's in the tarp in the with, it, with With no tarp, Tommy. I don't think you've seen I this have picture. That, I have that card. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, I was uh, looking at it last night when I was picking out my cards. Here. Yeah, good luck getting that through the PA these days, eh, yeah. in the league. <laughs> that, 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 those kind of cards aren't happening anymore, and they're, they're wonderful. It just takes you back to that era. It just yeah. kind of reminds me, too, of, like, I think it might be this from the same year, but was it the Pavel Burry card where he's yeah, rocking the, the, ro the rollerblades? Yeah, yeah, that is the same area. Yeah, uh, St. Kitts Beach in Vancouver. Ivanka just accidentally interrupted. Yeah, she knows she's working. She comes sorry. in a little later. Yeah. Sorry, boy. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Boys. 
<laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the St. Kitts Beach uh, with uh, with Pavel and Valerie Burrett. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's beyond famous. That card. I've seen guys dress up as Halloween as that for that card. So. That's a great costume. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the rocket just turned fifty. Uh, yesterday, maybe yesterday. Uh, yeah, uh, every everybody's freaking out about uh, the 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 uh, Connor McDavid not really an elbow, and then I I dug dug up. Uh, uh, Beret on Shane Sherlin, 94. I'm like, this is an elbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think that was an elbow either. I thought his <sighs> follow through, he smacked him with the glove maybe. Yeah, but. It, yeah it's a two minute penalty. But I, I've been in through that all week. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bet you'll be talking about it if you haven't already, the Nate McKinnon. Uh, oh, that was wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Here's your helmet back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, giving him a little of the old uh, Nova Scotia what's what. Exactly. Uh, Nova Scotia long toss. It's great. <laughs> so, what's our next category? Do we got another one? That was it. That was all the cards I had. Well, it only took me one guess. I know. Well, that's, you're too sharp, I guess. Yeah. So I made it uh, easy for you. Yeah, well, you did. Yeah. Is there is there plans for uh, more of the the hockey card books, Ken? Uh, would you guys like to sign me to a deal and give me a nice advance? Because then there would be. Oh, that's uh, that's that's the this, uh, the the factors or. Yeah, no no plan right now. I'm on a bit of a a writing break. I mean, I uh uh the, the, with the pandemic, the kids are home and there's no time to write. I usually write when uh, when the kids are in school and it's kind of all over the place right now mm -hmm. and. I don't know. I, I've written two of them. They were both well received, but I don't know if I have it in me to do another one. It's a lot of work. It's fun as heck, but I just don't know if I have the time to be honest. But uh, yeah. you know, if somebody, but and there's the other thing about Canadian publishing, right? Like you're not getting Harry Potter rich off these things. <laughs> you got to weigh the time against uh, the. It's the labor of love, as Stephen Brunt always says, and it's it's very true when it comes to writing. So. Uh, I, I'm more than open to writing another book if the right if the right project comes along, and I'm sure I will write a, another one. I hope. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no. I just wouldn't say there's any plans right now for it. And just curious, like, uh, is there a bunch of cards that you covered that just didn't make it into a book into the book? Yeah, I mean, there's ones that I mean, when I when I set out to do the book, right? I maybe set a hundred cards aside, and maybe fifty nine would make fifty nine made it. Right? It's all if you can get a hold of guys, if you can track them down. You know, if guys get back to you, because as you guys know from hosting a podcast, you can ask people that some say yes, some say no, some you just can't get a hold of. So, mm. you know, that there's that, that's the reality of it all. But yeah, I mean, if if I did another book, I'd, there's lots of places to start, you know, lots yeah. of lots of content. So I just got to just got to narrow it down. Nice, for sure. Well, uh, thank you for saying yes. And thanks for joining us on on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on and talk to you about hockey cards and, and just hockey stories in general. And uh, we we uh, like to mix music and hockey on our show. So we're going to throw to a Sloan song right now because Sweet. I thought, uh, you know, a couple Nova Scotia yeah. boys and a fellow from Stonewall, Manitoba here. Yeah. But, uh, Randy and I play beer league together. That's how this whole thing sort of started. And on okay. our locker room uh, mix is Money City Maniacs. That's, that's a great hockey tune, man. Great Absolutely. Hockey yeah. So. And, and and speaking of Randy, you saw thought like uh, about cards. Was it like you liked the band before they got popular? I saw Sloan in 91 before their album. And I was like, they're a pretty good band. And then they came out and then I was like, hey, told you. <laughs> told you. And are they hockey players, Ken? They're road hockey players. Chris Murphy is a definite road hockey player. Murph is a, he's an all-time beauty. And I'd like to refer to myself and Murph said, it's okay. 
is the official sportscaster of Sloan. So I appreciate oh. you guys going with Sloan out of this. That's, That's beautiful. Cool. That's yeah, beautiful. and and just like in in the ultimate Nova Scotia thing, my stepsister is the drummer's stepsister. So you know we're all intertwined. But Tom, you know that. <laughs> yeah, who's your father? Yeah, who's your father? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know the deal. I'd beautiful. say I'd say go Bearcats, but we know it's go Crushers there, Tom. Right? Little Maritime <laughs> Junior love for you. Buddy. I forgot. I was gonna mention earlier, actually, when we were talking about Sid briefly, he played Former a couple Bearcat. games. He, he played, played a couple games as a churro Bearcats. So. Yeah, he played two games with the Bearcats. He was 14, I think. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Beautiful. Well, All right, thanks boys. so much for joining us. You got it. Appreciate it, guys. See ya. Okay, take care.
great. What a banger that is. That is uh, Money City Maniacs by Sloan. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Caress of Steel teammate Aaron Levere uh, for that track. Uh, to Because he was the one who kind of, uh, I believe when we made our locker room playlist for Caress of Steel a couple years back, he was the one who put forward that song that it should be on there. So a little shout out to him. And uh, yeah, thanks. Big thanks to Ken uh, Reed from Sportsnet for joining us on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. That was some good chit chat. Really awesome to sort of have him on and hear some of his stories about hockey cards and just kind of, you know, uh, connect over hockey the uh the way that you can you know we've never met that guy and it was like we're chatting like old best buds so that was pretty great uh um so yeah that that was uh pretty fun we've got some more great guests lined up over the next several weeks so stay tuned to talking hockey the hockey talking show make sure you know to to hit uh subscribe on the old podcast machine and you know give it a rating and a and a review if you so feel inclined that would be awesome and help us out a whole bunch too so definitely keep her tuned to to talking hockey as we got some more great guests that we'll announce in the forthcoming uh days weeks what have you some real high rollers in the hockey <laughs> world you could say um, yeah. Maybe we should just let 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 the cat out of the bag on, on one. Uh, we're gonna have Russ Rankin from Good Riddance on the show here very shortly. So that's uh, right. Yeah, uh, Russ is a California guy from a punk band Good Riddance, and he's also his hockey connection is that he's a WHL scout for the Tri City Americans, uh, which is pretty cool. So we're gonna talk hockey and probably some punk rock and who knows what else. So definitely. Join us for that episode when that drops in the near future. Very near. So uh, just to continue on with Ken's book here, uh, for those of you at home, uh, Ken wrote two books. There's Hockey Cards Stories 1 and 2. Both He's written Tom, other books, but two yeah, hockey cards. Two hockey books. card books, yeah. yeah. Um, both Tom and I, uh, you know, took a took a rip through through hockey card stories one so tom i'm gonna basically treat this like i'm a teacher yeah okay, i'm, like I'm gonna be like okay open up your textbooks to page 40 please <laughs> okay page 40 here we go so you'll get to page 40 and you'll see uh new york islander gary howitt okay and, and the great thing about gary howitt number yeah. one is basically the bucket that he's wearing yeah what that's a it's a northland helmet Okay. And, and so when I read, um, when I got to this chapter, and actually it's really, it's really great how, how uh, Ken laid out the book. Basically, each player is his own chapter in, in, in a sense. So you could pick up the book and just read a few pages and you get through a few players and put it down, step away for a while, pick it back up. Like it's not like, you know, it's pretty easy to get back into it. Absolutely. But, very so, readable. Yeah. Very, yeah. And so when I saw the Gary Howitt picture, it just made me think, oh boy, I hope Ken Reed like talks about the XL7s. And sure enough, <laughs> he did in the next <laughs> So when I saw the Northland, I knew that he was going to get get to the XL7s. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was great. Um, <clears throat> and then if you turn now, your turn your uh, textbooks to page 65. Okay. You'll see um, current hockey broadcaster, john garrett there he is um 
but with at the, the time he was a goalie for the Vancouver Canucks and with the so, flying V jersey and the towel over the shoulders. So there's a couple of great great things going on with this card. Oh, <laughs> so so um number 1 is the fact that yes he's wearing the classic V Vancouver jersey but you know like way back in the day and I'm sure a lot of a lot of a lot of you folks uh, remember stuff like this it's like so if a player was traded it would yeah. be like he's wearing his old jersey or they would airbrush it and then there would be yeah. like a little line saying now with Minnesota North Stars or something but the great <laughs> thing about this John Garrett picture <laughs> card is it says now assistant general manager <laughs> it's like pulling the Reggie Dunlap here yeah. No, and not assistant to the general manager either. <laughs> assistant yeah. general manager. So, John, like, I didn't. So, uh, I've never know. Yeah, that's like got to be a one of its it, kind. It is. It is a yeah. one one of a kind for sure. And then there's a great story actually uh, that John Garrett tells in this chapter. Um, and it was basically when he was. Oh, actually, we were just talking about this prior to the prior to recording. Is when John Garrett was the backup goalie for Vancouver Canucks at the old Pacific Coliseum. The, the goalies were kind of tucked down down like the hallway so the coach couldn't see him so he would take the opportunity to you know like munch on a hot dog or some popcorn or something during the game and so then there was this one time where I guess the Vancouver Canucks got lit up and the goalie in net uh, pretty much pulled himself and John was halfway through a hot dog <laughs> so he had nothing he's like what do I do with this hot dog so apparently he shoved the hot dog down his pad <laughs> and uh and fit, played the whole game. Played the rest of the game with his hot dog in his pad. And he's he said oh, he said at the very end of the game, uh, you know, in the dressing room, he waited for everyone to leave to take the take his pads off and get the hot dog out. And he just made it look like he was really disappointed. You know, like when the boys like are work, working hard after a game and they just keep their gear on for a while. So he, yeah. <laughs> he pulled that little trick out of the bag, and then he's like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, everybody's already gone. hit the showers yeah. and uh needless to say but he didn't finish the hot dog i think he just threw it in the waste bin, waste bin. <clears throat> a little soggy probably yeah so so uh that's a little john garrett story that again like uh, so this book is full of, of classic these little stories where like it's uh, impossible to put down and yeah. then <laughs> another so another thing that we mentioned with and you you know who this guy is is uh joe daly though and yeah. um so joe daly was a big part of ken's process with getting the book going just research wise and then also uh it's just a classic photo of joe like sliding across the crease um wearing he's got a full-on perm and which page it, is this uh i don't i don't have it marked oh, okay uh, but um <laughs> it, it, so, but, i just uh, saw it um but yeah he so he's he's sitting in the or standing in the oh. crease posing and um yeah there and, it is. and it's all lit like like the lights are off in the arena except for like one light so it's like i love it, when i do yeah that. it's it's really cool um and and then a couple other players here that uh, i mentioned when we had ken uh on the line here is um and these uh bill armstrong is in uh hockey card stories number one and like uh ken mentioned is bill was the first guy to actually do the scoop goal and what what they actually did is bill was the guy who came up with the name and he called it a high wrap or a high wrap around right and he just taught himself how to do that like during practices and he was playing in the ihl at the time and a lot of his buddies and teammates and stuff were always like you know try it try it in a game try it in a game apparently he did it a few times and then he did it the same night that mike leg did it for the uh, michigan Wolverines. Interesting. but then uh michigan it was like in a 
like a uh, very important game for Michigan. Yeah, so it probably wasn't televised in the IHL or whatever, but um, there are, there are some clips. If you do a deep dive down YouTube, okay. you'll find Bill Armstrong doing it. But okay. uh, basically, Mike did it. Mike Leg did it on a, a much larger stage, and that's yeah. why Mike kind of got uh, got all the notoriety for it. Hmm. But Bill was the guy who who showed Mike how to do it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you spent you spent the whole winter uh, learning that move, eh? Well, it's pretty crazy. Well, I don't know what the whole winter, but no. you perfected it over the winter. But um, it, but it's it, it's it's also kind of neat, like because everyone just thinks it was Mike Leg, and then now you see like uh, Svechnikov and and all these other guys trying it. Um, Philip Forsberg did it, and a couple other guys have tried it in the NHL. But actually, it was Bill Armstrong who did it first. So like, kudos yeah. to kudos to Ken for uh, giving Bill a little bit of a, a little yeah. bit of the spotlight there. To do. Yeah. And then the last one that I mentioned to Ken there was uh, this guy named Todd Hartgee, who was the first uh, North American player to go over and play in the Soviet uh, league. Yeah. And uh, it basically, it was a move orchestrated by the GM at the time for the Winnipeg Jets, Mike Smith, who always, you know, was kind of known for making some questionable draft choices. And right. uh, he was drafting a lot of Russians. Um, and, you know, I guess it was, he he had some sort of like, uh degree or some sort of interest in the russian language and he was just i guess obsessed with like russian hockey players at the time and he started filling the jets roster from like the early 90s to pretty much when they left with with russians and uh and so yeah basically part of the deal was like todd if you go and play for this soviet league you'll get your shot with the jets like in a couple years or whatever like he was just kind of like a, a trade-off and Todd actually never played in the uh, for the Jets, but um, if you do it's a like search a for his exchange name, exchange program for in some... a way, yeah. So if you do a search for his name, actually on YouTube, you'll find an interview with David Letterman, and uh, and and Todd talks about his his uh, experience over there, and uh, and actually it's kind of interesting to hear David Letterman talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Like that's probably the yeah. one and only one and only one... time that yeah. was probably on the show. But um, he used to have hockey players on his show. Somewhat regular, but they'd almost always be New York Rangers or something like that. Which yeah, I or the Stanley Cup sense, winner at right? the time, or whoever. Yeah. yeah, but no, like, uh, like, like we mentioned, like, just a well-written, well-laid-out book that, uh, if you love hockey cards and if you love all yeah. the, like the the brings back so many memories too <laughs> when you see them and stuff. Like, uh, for me, my hockey card heyday would have been about eighty-eight through ninety-two or three. You know what I mean? And uh, so you just see some of those cards and then some of the older cars cards with the history and like the, the old, the Bill Clement airbrush job, just, you know, like the airbrush chapter is amazing. So, but so much gold, so much gold. And it was a real treat to have Ken on to talk. And uh, so we, uh, we, we heard the Sloan tune earlier. We're going to throw to another Sloan related band here to take us out. This is, a band called Tons. It's kind of a Nova Scotia supergroup in a way. It's named after the Technical University of Nova Scotia, which is now part of Dalhousie. And uh, this is a song called "In My In In Another Life." In Another Life by Tons. And uh, yeah, here we go. Sticks on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> 